We have week three thoughts, our picks for week four in the NFL. And we're playing one of our OG favorite games, Scipio Drank, fill in the blank, NFL edition. Fill up those wine glasses, people. Hello. Hello, everyone. Welcome on a Tuesday I to know. football fans of New Jersey. Uh, coming to you a little bit early. Honestly, sometimes that's like, that's not such a bad thing, right? Because I don't know about you. Sometimes you just, you need a glass of wine on a Wednesday, on a Thursday. You want to start your week weekend early. So here we are on a Tuesday. I gotta tell you, I need it every day of the week. Let's yes. be honest there. And I'm, I'm really excited. My wine glass tonight is my spooky wine glass. Um, it's not my, it's not my full, full spooky wine glass. Cause I'm going to wait. I know October 1st is this Friday, which I'm so excited about. I can't um, but given that it is the Tuesday before October 1st, I did want to debut one of my really, really cool spooky wine glasses. For fair you enough. Guys. Fair enough. Well, this is, I guess, as you just uh, were mentioning, I can't believe September is over. This is our final September episode of the Real Football Fans of New Jersey. It is episode 176, and we got a great one for you tonight. We do. Um, let's start with some poll questions that we asked mm-hmm. you guys. We have yeah. two in the world of football, and we have one for Housewives. Uh, and they were pretty close. So first question was a real nail biter switching back and forth all day long. We asked Mm -hmm. you guys on Twitter. We asked you guys on Instagram, but question number one was which Owen three team has the better chance of winning this weekend. The Owen three lions when they face the one and two Chicago bears or the Owen three Colts versus the one and two Miami dolphins split by just one vote. (laughs) 51% of you said that you think the Detroit Lions have a better chance of winning this weekend when they play the one and two Chicago Bears. Kate, what did you go with? Honestly, like the Lions and, um, you know, the Colts really have great weekends coming out of them, you know, being, you know, just where they are right now. Oh, and three, it's not a great spot to be in. Obviously we are aware of that. Bring down in the dumps. Not a great, not a great place, but to have these teams come up on your schedule, that's like a sigh of relief for me. I'm like, winnable games. These are like must win. To really turn your season around for sure. But honestly, um, I, I think I, and I, maybe I should factor, I think I went with the Colts on this one when I voted on it earlier. And as I'm looking at it right now, you know, I do think Miami has a couple of hiccups. Listen, you know, I don't think Jacoby Brissett played bad. I think he actually kept them in that game, but who knows oh, if yeah. two is coming back or not. Um, but yeah, I gotta, uh, I'm going to go with the Colts on this one because also too, I, I think Detroit is playing well. I've said that before. They're not an Owen 17 team in my opinion. Um, but I'm just going to give the slight edge to the Colts here. I do like a couple of more areas on their team a little bit more. I went with Detroit. Detroit has, has like Caitlin said, played a lot better than we kind of expected them to. They've yeah. been in some of these games. They really mm-hmm. have been. But also, you got to focus in on the opponents as well. Um, 
spoiler alert, we always give you our picks. I do have Detroit winning this weekend. I do have them beating Chicago. Yeah, I do too, actually. Very, very ugly yeah. for the Chicago Bears this past weekend, starting just The Field. ugly. Um, and I did not pick Indy to win. I actually really, really like what I saw from Jacoby Brissett, uh, too. Mm-hmm. is not going to be playing. He's still going to be out. Um, and I just, I just like the chances better for the Lions on this one. Question number two, we're going to reverse things. Um, reverse, reverse, reverse. reverse. I was going to say, I was going to hand you a, an Uno card, a reverse. <laughs> Ooh, Uno, that kind of I know. reverse. Card. I don't have, yeah, I was going to say, I don't have Uno with me, but that would be a nice little reverse. Uh, so we are reversing the order on this one. Which 3-0 and team is more likely to lose this weekend? Do we see the 3-0 and Las Vegas Raiders losing to the 2-1 and Chargers or the 3-0 and Denver Broncos losing to the 2-1 and Baltimore Ravens? 60% of you said you believe Denver has the greater chance to lose their game when they play Baltimore. Caitlin? I got to tell you, I am so much looking forward to Monday night next week with the Raiders against the Chargers. Like, I think it's going to be a very good game. I potentially see the Raiders honeymoon being over at some point um, and not go. They're not going to go undefeated, but I think they might have a stretch of, of losses. And, and this I, is a Chargers team that was capable of beating the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. So. But when it comes to being more likely, like those are the key words here. If you had to look at that scenario, I am going with the Broncos as well. I sincerely think the honeymoon is over for them. You look at the teams that they beat. I am shitting on my own New York Giants. It's 3-0, and but they didn't play the greatest teams of all to start off 3-0. and And Baltimore, listen, just got their, their biggest life back put into them. You know, and we'll talk about it later, obviously, with Mr. Justin Tucker. But, you know, they got some good good juju coming their way. And I think they've kindly got that spark. So I just think they're going to give it to the Broncos this weekend for sure. Spoiler alert. I have both of these three and O teams losing this weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as if I have to pick one, that's more likely this one came down to their opponents for me, not so much them as a team themselves. Um, And I just like that chargers team a lot more than I like the Baltimore Ravens team. Baltimore barely beat the Detroit lions this past weekend. Uh, so I am actually, I went with the fact that I think it's more likely that the Raiders would lose to the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I think the Raiders are a better team than the, than the Denver Broncos, but I think the opponent of the Chargers is harder than the opponent of the Baltimore Ravens. So it's kind of like you got to look at all sides of it on that one. Yeah. And then last but not least, this is a Housewives question. We have Real Housewives of Salt Lake City has been airing. It's been great. I think we have three episodes in now. Uh, which begs the question, should Mary Cosby be a full-time housewife on The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? We've questioned this so much in the past. It's kind of one of those things where I think a lot of you know where Caitlin and I stand on this one, but it's one of those things we got to ask because I'm like, I want to know how everybody else feels about it. 68% of you said, no, she should not be a full-time housewife. I know a lot of the time in the past we have said, we think she should be in a friend role. Yeah, I agree. Uh, she's just, she doesn't add a ton of storylines. Yeah. Think- and they're like two seconds long. Like they'll go yeah. to her and it's, it's real quick. I mean, yeah. I think I'm looking forward to this season with the whole like cult storyline. Like I want, I, I just hope they don't like really stretch it out. And it's like, here, you're only getting this much in this episode, yeah. this much in that episode. I don't even, you know what I, I mean? I think, I think the cult storyline is her, her, obviously her big storyline of the season. Right. This year. But my question is, 
are they so desperate to create storylines for her? Like how legitimate is this right. whole That's fair. Story yeah. Line? You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they pull on certain stuff just to like make things happen. Like Melissa Gorga talking about, do I want to have another baby? I know. Yeah. All right. Let's right, be real. Right. Like you yeah. guys are just reaching. So I'm, I'm curious if that's like a legit storyline or if they're reaching because yeah. you have nothing with her. Yeah. All right. Well, those were our questions. Caitlin, I know you want to give a little disclaimer before before we start the rest of the show. Yeah. So just a little uh, public service announcement for us. So we are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Um, so uh, StreamYard and Twitter recently um, changed up like their, I don't know, settings and everything. So Periscope is no longer a thing. So we don't stream through that anymore. Um, so we're directly through Twitter. Unfortunately, StreamYard has a weird block to them. So there's a ton of people watching on Twitter right now. I'm looking at it on my phone. Unfortunately, I can't see that you're watching through StreamYard, nor can I see if you're commenting on our posts. So if you're commenting on Twitter and you're liking and you're saying all of this stuff, that's great. Like, thank you guys. But unfortunately, we can't see it live right now. So if you have comments for us, if you have questions, please go to our YouTube channel. Um, you can go to Facebook too if you want, but I'd rather you go over to our YouTube channel. So our YouTube is under the link on Twitter. Um, so you'll just see us live. Like, hey guys, you're watching us live right now. I can see there's a ton of people watching. If you go right underneath, there's our YouTube. If you have any commentary, I would just recommend going on there. So we do have hope. Uh, StreamYard did say it'll probably be not fixed, but an update in the future. But I know a ton of our live viewers come from Twitter. So we love you guys. Keep watching us. But if you really do want to comment, just head over to, to YouTube and we'll engage with you there. But I know you're watching now. So we thank you guys for that. Yep. So with that being said, let's get into our big stories of the week for football. And unfortunately, we have to do this again, but we do have an injury roundup for you guys. Um, and it's going to keep coming week after week. I think there's something in the water. There's something on the turf out there. People are just getting injured. Yeah. Um, it's not great. So um, Carolina's rookie uh, cornerback and first round pick JC Horn is likely to be out two to three months with a broken foot. Um, this is, would end his 2021 season. You know, you really don't want to see that from a rookie. Um, he was an eight, eighth overall draft pick, um, and he has started every game so far. So big, big loss in Carolina there for sure. Yeah. And it's interesting because I feel like we're seeing a lot of broken foots. Like that's like a common thing this year so far. Um, there's always like, you know, years past, like I think like four years ago or something, it was like the year of the ACL. Like everyone was tearing their ACL. You know, this year, you know, we're seeing a lot of the foot injuries. You know, we're seeing, I mean, some things are ACLs. We're seeing a lot of, I feel like pectoral injuries, which always, every time someone says that, I'm like, that's oh so my God. Good. Like that honestly, the worst. Like that literally looks so bad. So yeah. there's definitely like themes year after year. And I do always question kind of like what's going, what's going on behind the scenes, like everything like that. Um, so on Friday, Ian Rappaport reported that, um, again, down in Carolina, uh, running back Christian McCaffrey ex is expected to miss a few weeks due to a strained hamstring. Um, so they're not going to put him on IR as of now. I know that was a topic of discussion, you know, that night, the day after everything like that. Um, so he did exit Thursday's game um, and rookie and apologies if I pronounce this incorrectly. Um, Chuba Hubbard filled in is, is going to be the starter moving forward. So um, yeah, big, big blow against Carolina, big blow to uh, Christian McCaffrey coming off of an injury from last season to only deal with one week three of this year. 
kind of question Carolina a little bit in the fact that Christian McCaffrey, unfortunately, has been injury prone before. Um, that their next guy up is a rookie who I will be very honest with you. I've never heard of him, which to me tells me he wasn't drafted in the first round or the second round, probably yeah. not even the third round. Uh, so I just feel as though they should, I mean, maybe they just really, really like this kid. I don't know who else off the top of my head they have on the roster at the running back position, but like maybe plan a little bit better. Better. Unfortunately, when you have guys that are just have a history of injuries, like, yes, it's Christian McCaffrey and you hope he is your workhorse all season long. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know. I just think they should have had somebody else like you just got to have a one two punch nowadays. You really do. It's with every position, too. Okay, so uh, my brother's commenting on Facebook. He is a good running back. He had over 3,000 yards at Oklahoma State. So it's not it's not bad. So, yeah, so definitely right to Katie's point. You know, it's, it, maybe they are really liking this kid, so he can definitely come out and perform. But um, I, I think that we're seeing this a lot. It's a, it's a common trend, you know, in the NFL these days that, you know, you can't one guy really can't do it all for you. Like a lot of people joked and we'll get into this like that. The giants have like seven or eight guys in their wide receiver core, like going into the season. They're like, wow, you already need all those people. Like we're going to get into it. Like, yeah, actually, because these things do happen and you want someone there when a big name like McCaffrey goes down. Okay. Now what? So you can't just, and I never am the one you can't put everything into one guy. That's stupid. You can't do that. Yeah. But you can mold around one person and you really can. That could be your your set standard. Right. So if you don't have a backup for him that's really, really known, or maybe here's what we're going to do in the in the receivers. Here's what we're going to do with tight end, quarterback, things like that to make up for it. It's I'm seeing that trend a lot in the NFL these days that – big names are going down and it's kind of a question mark of what they're going to do now. So. Yeah. But I mean like there, uh, and I'll say this, it actually is kind of like not as common now where uh, there's only probably a couple of football teams in the league right now that have one guy's like their main workhorse running back. He's mm-hmm. getting all the carries. But it used to be a guy like Ezekiel Elliott. Like, he had that role. And now here he is splitting carries with Tony Pollard. Like, it just kind of is what it is. First off, it's a passing league. It's not a running league anymore. And number two is, I I think it's just got to be running back by committee. Like, Mm. there's maybe only a couple of guys that could really take that workload. But even then, like, if that guy goes down, who do you got? So I think it just needs to be that you've got a vet there or a known guy who's going to help you, who could help relieve some of the workload off of those guys um, and, and share the carries. There's really no time or room in this league to be scrambling for who that next person is. Um, right. And I, and I'm definitely some positions have more depth than others, um, right. but it's real. you know, the teams that are struggling when they are scrambling to find that next person to fill in that spot. So Alrighty, we did mention this a little bit earlier, um, but um, and this it hurts. Uh, so Miami's quarterback uh, Tua Tagovailoa is on IR with a rib injury. So the team hopes that he's going to return by week six. 
Uh, backup Jacoby Brissett filled in for him on Sunday for his first start since 2019. So Brissett went 32 for 49 uh, for 215 yards and one rushing touchdown in the team's 31 to 28 overtime loss to the Raiders. And I did mention this earlier. Listen, Jacoby Brissett kept them in that game. You know, I liked the way Miami looked against the Raiders um, on Sunday for sure. So it was one of the more like exciting games that I was watching where I was watching like to the, to the last second of it to really understand what was going to happen there. But listen, that sucks. I feel bad for Tua. Um, it, it hurts. That one hurts me for sure. Um, not happy. It's, it, it's one of those injuries too, where it's, it's so questionable, like a rib injury, like what, what is the severity of it? Like, but then well, you think about used to play with broken ribs. So. I know I, probably why it wasn't that great for so long, but you think about it too. It's the constant push here. Like it doesn't matter how much padding you go. It's probably breathing at this point is painful for Tua. So I'm hoping that they're making the right decision. You know, by week six, he comes back. Things are good. Um, and I'm hoping to see, you know, obviously good things from him. Yeah. And then, oh, this one really, really hurts. Like, get, grab the tissues, people, because Katie and I are literally heartbroken. Um, so linebacker Blake Martinez for the New York Giants is officially out for the rest of the season. He tore his ACL in Sunday's game. Uh, so we're out two captains. Nick uh, Gates went out with a broken leg uh, two weeks ago in our home opener. Um, and then now we are out with Blake Martinez. Um, really, really, really hard. This one, uh, Katie and I love Blake Martinez. Um, we constantly say, you know, why wasn't he spoken about more in green Bay? You know, he really, really, really delivered that drive for the New York giants. And I know we're three games in, we're kind of questioning to where the defense was. He was a huge name for us on defense last year. He was getting those tackles. He was making those plays that we really needed. And, this team is going to really need those playmakers now and not having him, not even just, you know, on the field, making those plays, not having him for a little bit when he's probably going to go through um, surgery and things like that, like on the field as a voice, as a leader, like this really, really hurts. Yeah. It's a huge, huge, huge loss. Um, I feel as though a lot of the time the linebacker, the linebacker is like the quarterback of the defense. They're the ones shouting right. out the plays. They're the ones get it, like looking at everything and getting everybody set up, uh, calling out what's going to happen. And Blake was that guy that was in on every single play. So mm -hmm. he's a tackling machine. He's just a good dude. Uh, no surprise whatsoever that he would be named captain. Kind of laughed because uh, when we found out who the captains were like a couple weeks ago, I laughed uh, to Caitlin and I was like, we have like eight captains. Like, I mean, I like all of them. We need the them. <laughs> now we're already out two of them. I so know. It's like it's crazy. Um, and, and that's a huge, huge loss for us. I, I, it's very upsetting. Time to unleash Jabril Peppers on that defense. That's I agree. Yeah. But he's MIA, but Jabril Peppers is MIA. And there's also rumors that they're going to try to shop him and get rid of him. So mm -hmm. honestly, Let's like, I would not want to do it either. But if Let's it's going to give us. Hold on to, you know, listen, we still got playmakers. And it's just we need everybody to step up. Jabril, Leonard Williams, Logan yeah. Ryan, Bradbury, like we've got playmakers. So we they've do. just got to, you know, unfortunately this is what it is. Everybody's just got to step up. Yeah. 
And then also to wide receiver Sterling Shepard was banged up a little bit in the game. Um, expected to miss some time, but I, I think I read I think I read a tweet yesterday that he might be back on Sunday. Um, but here's another thing too, like on that one. That's why I made the wide receiver comment before. Like, I mean, Galladay was on the sideline for a little bit. Like they were, it just, it's Darius Slayton went to the lock was out, left the game. Like Um, it's, this is why people, you gotta have numbers. You gotta have numbers. So it's um, definitely was a huge, um, there's many a reasons why we lost on Sunday, but the injury bug came, came in hard, came in quick and it did not leave until the fourth quarter. So really, really tough game on Sunday. Yes, it was. Well, speaking of other game action this past weekend, we're going to give you our week three thoughts. It was a good one. Honestly, there were a lot of really, really, really good. I'm very satisfied with the NFL season so far. I mean, obviously, I mean, the Giants haven't been delivering, but the overall NFL. Have I cried myself to sleep the two Sundays and the Thursday night? Absolutely. But have the other games kept my interest and made me excited Absolutely. for just football in general? Hell yeah. Yeah. So um, Carolina, they're 3-0 for the first time since 2015 with a 24-9 win over Houston. Um, Atlanta kicker, obviously this was Atlanta versus the New York Giants. Atlanta kicker, Young Way Koo, kicked a game-winning 40-yard field goal to beat the Giants. Not- 17-14, not cool, young way. Not not cool, young way. Like, you go do, like, your thing. Like, you're a great kicker, one of the best in the league. Yeah. But, like, when you do it in New York, like, it's personal now. So, I'm not a big fan of yours right now. <laughs> like, yeah. Obviously, um, this was – we spoke about this game uh, last week. It was my get it off my chest, and Caitlin uh, agreed with me on this one, obviously, that it was Eli Manning's retirement ceremony, his, his jersey retirement yeah. at halftime. It was Eli Day. It was all about number 10. It was all about getting the win for number 10. And to lose in that fashion is obviously another just complete heartbreaker. Back-to-back heartbreaks for the Giants and their fans. No, it's seriously and just like, and like we are obviously a football podcast. So like, you know, I mean, eventually, you know, from time to time, you guys will hear Katie and I vent like on these games and things like that for sure. But we got to keep it real to all the footballs. But at any time, you know, you come over to my Twitter, you know, go to our Instagrams. You can see the real, the real feelings behind a lot of things, but it's yeah. just right now is, is definitely tough for sure. But I, I gotta tell you, I had a hilarious tweet last night. I'll get into it later. Cause it's more of my get it off mm-hmm. my chest, but it's, it's it kind of takes the pain away to joke about things. Listen, like I said, like some people just become numb to it. I'm one of those people. Um, you just kind of grow to expect it. I yeah. did put the giants to win last week. I am going to be done with that from yeah, here on done. out. I said it and yeah, it's done. Over. It's done. <laughs> She's um, done. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that's like good. Like they do the opposite of what I pick. We'll see. Listen, I hope so. Like that would be incredible. Yes. Uh, okay. Chargers, they upset Kansas City 30-24. What a great win for that team. Kansas City has now lost two straight games for the first time since weeks five and six in 2019. So it hasn't happened in a crazy, crazy, crazy long time. Kansas City is one and two. Who like, the hell would they, ever thought that? Should one? they be nervous? Like, no, I don't know. No, I'm not nervous for them at all. But it is, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. Um, to see them last in that division is just wild. Yeah. So, Caitlin got her upset pick right. Cincinnati upsetting the Pittsburgh Steelers 24 to 20. My last minute upset. Win. 
for the Bengals. It was their first road win uh, on the road playing at Pitt for the first time since 2015. So Joe Burrow is honestly, he's, he's taking this team in a great direction. And I love it. It's definitely that they might, I don't know if it's going to necessarily be this year, but I could see like next, like, you know how it didn't happen right away for like Baker and the Browns. Like I could kind of see Burrow and the Bengals like going that road. I can see that that division in the next two, three years being almost like the AFC West, like a very, very competitive, like, are they going to send three people? Who's going to win? It's, it's right, right. I'm excited to see what you can make that argument now. But like everybody was like, oh, Cincinnati's the outlier. Like mm-hmm. three of those teams can make the playoffs. We won't be the Bengals. Well, like next year we could be saying it could be. Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, Chicago. This is like the craziest stat in the world. They had one net pass yard. In their 26-6 loss to Cleveland, Justin Fields did get his first start. He went 6 for 20 for 68 yards. But the fact that he was sacked nine times and for the amount of yardage that he was sacked and everything like that, when you you do the math on that one, he had one passing yard, okay? Uh, Awful, awful, awful day for the Chicago. I did have someone tweet at me, like, at least – that the Giants loss wasn't that bad. Yeah. I I gotta tell you, listen, the the losses have been, I'm so pissed that we are 0-3. Like, so, so pissed. But to lose like that is fucking embarrassing. Like, it's embarrassing. Like, at least, like, when I said this, this was my, like, um, we answered one of the questions last week of, like, how do we get over things? And my my new way of getting over things is actually really nitpicking the game. Like, I can actually pull good things out of each game. You can't pull You cannot pull anything good out of that game. Like, no. No, right. And that is bad. Like, that's what keeps me, that's what keeps me off the ledge every week. It could be worse. Okay, so, the GOAT. The absolute goatiest goat of all time. Yeah. Unbelievable. I'm like the biggest fan in the world of this guy. Baltimore kicker Justin Tucker kicked a game-winning 66-yard field goal to beat Detroit. 1917. It is now the longest field goal in NFL history. It's only right that this man holds that record. Okay. He's got to. It's it's he was made for that record. I'm like, dying to see for shits and giggles. Like, please, before Justin Tucker's career is over, let him kick a 70 yarder. Just, just, I just want to see it. I want to see it. Let's well, just that's what like I wonder. Like, I, the Ravens have been very ballsy the last two weeks with, you know trying to go for it, you know, having Lamar make that decision, you know, uh, with Jim Harbaugh being like, you want to go for it? Let's go. And then you want to kick this 66-yarder? Like, let's go. Like, go for it. But I wonder how many games, like, they've been that in that range or close, where he's just kind of like, you want, like, let me, come on, come on, come on. Well, 100%. Come on, guys, come on. in mind that he's over there on the sidelines being like, let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. I can make it. I can make it. But it's, you know what? It's very interesting because having having Justin Tucker is a complete and utter weapon to be able to have somebody that can kick like that. Because our, I think it was our buddies at Talking Giants who had mentioned that we punted in the game this past weekend when Graham Gano could have attempted. I think it was like a fifty-six yard field goal. Oh, I know. Graham Gano hasn't missed in how many? Like. 
56 is not outlandish. That was my not one of my biggest takeaways from Sunday. Right. One of the things I was pissed off the most. Like he could potentially make a 66 yarder. yarder. I think all 32 kickers in yeah. the NFL should be able to go out and attempt and try it yarder. And try I would it. say that probably at least half, if not more, I think would make it. Right. So Graham Gano has shown you nothing but positive. That pissed Put me out off. there. That's yeah. terrible. But that was so bad. A guy like Justin Tucker, where you can say 66 yards, sure, let's go. Sure. That's Fuck the it. most ultimate weapon I can think of. I know, I know. And honestly, it is just like the whole like sequence like of the, the kick of it hitting the crossbar too and like all of Detroit thought it was going to fall forward and fall back. Like honestly though, like it just – the whole like you you have to do like the Titanic like da na 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 the whole the loss for Detroit they played their out they really did against like not a not a crappy team like against no. the Baltimore Ravens but honestly that's what I keep people, saying about you can never count you can never count the Baltimore Ravens out as long as they got the leg of Justin Tucker absolutely not. Arizona Cardinals, they're off to a hot start, 3-0 for the first time since 2015 with a 31-19 win over Jacksonville. Um, Denver, New York Jets, with their 26-0 loss to Denver, the Jets have now lost 12 straight games in September. That is the longest active NFL streak. So listen, it's ugly for everybody in New York right it's now, unless, unless you are the forgotten New York team and you are hailed from Buffalo. But other than that, at MetLife Stadium, things are very ugly right now. Very ugly. Um, Las Vegas, another 3-0 team for the first time since 2002. So that is going even further back. Um, they had the 31-28 overtime win over Miami. And now we had another game-winning field goal. Uh, this was a phenomenal primetime game. Green Bay kicker Mason Crosby kicking a a game-winning 51-yard field goal to defeat San Francisco 30-28. Aaron Rodgers marched them down the field to get them in that position to kick that in like five seconds yeah. with like no time left. It's what Aaron Rodgers does. It's what he does. Frustrating, frustrating loss for the 49ers, but awesome game for all of us to watch. Yeah, it was. And I, I got it. I got to admit, I, I did go to sleep. I know, I know. I've been actually really good this season with staying up and watching every yes, single you have game. Been. You have been. Um, so, but I did, and I, I do regret it for this one for sure. Um, so, but I, I went to bed like right before like all of it happened. You know, it was still over, and it has nothing to do with like being a good game or not. Like people you just don't understand. Like I fell asleep on the couch. Like I was sleep, like, yeah. I was sleeping. Like I can't control it's that. It's allowed. So I did fall asleep on the couch, and like I get groggy, and I go um, to bed or whatever. But my my boyfriend had been over, and like he like literally when the game was over, he was like, "You just missed." <laughs> And of course, I'm so like groggy, sleeping, and I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> like, yeah. and so to have that explained to me, like as I'm like dead asleep, I was like, you know what I mean? Like, I could, yeah. like, so yeah. But obviously, like catching up on everything, um, you know, the next day it was really, it really was good. So, yeah. but it's just, it's been good we've, football. We've been well. Also, we've been getting really good primetime games, right? Awesome. So yeah. that's that's been great. I think we have some good ones slated for this weekend. So I'm excited. Absolutely. All righty. Well, we are officially into week 
four and another really good slate of games coming at us. Some great, yeah. more, even better primetime games. I mean, I know I said it earlier, I'm really looking forward to next Monday's game. Um, it's going to be a good one for sure. But let's go ahead and get into our picks for the week. Um, Katie and I do this every single week for the entire NFL season. And not only do we give you our picks, we give you a one lock and one upset. We do have to give our disclaimer week after week. We do not base this off money lines. We do not base it off anything else. We are just straight up giving who we think will win the game. Um, not based on any particular player, any stat, anything like that. So if you want to go ahead and take our advice and move forward, maybe you're in a survivor league and you want to use us for that. Maybe you want to take a look at your fantasy teams after we decide who we think are going to win this week. That's totally fine. But we always have to give that disclaimer because listen, if you want to spend your money, you spend it any way, which way you want. Don't hold it to us though, because we ain't those people. We ain't, there's many people you can go follow for that. So go ahead and get them. All right. You want to kick us off? Yeah, actually I thought there was, by the way, I thought there was a lot of, uh, options for the lock pick i know like i i do think this is going to be a good yeah. games but i did feel like there were some really lopsided matches mm-hmm. but without further ado my week four picks are going to be the Bengals, the titans kansas city dallas new orleans minnesota detroit buffalo miami washington the 49ers the rams the packers the Ravens, the Buccaneers, and the Chargers. My lock is going to be Buffalo over Houston. And my upset, It listen, It first off, I'm three for three on my upset picks this season, people. So if you want to listen to my doing well too. maybe the upsets, I'm going back-to-back weekends where I am going with Minnesota. I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings over the Cleveland Browns. All right. I think we had I, – I, I think we're pretty – good this week there's i think we have a couple but again mine are out of order so um yeah, you gotta check I'm me pretty, on this I'm one pretty good at counting as you go when you go i'm like uh what where is she <laughs> it's like lose i lose you after the first one so i'm like i don't I know where you, you are i got you all righty so i'm going with cincinnati atlanta buffalo the detroit lions carolina the colts minnesota new orleans tennessee Kansas City, the Rams, the San Francisco 49ers, Denver, the Packers, the Patriots, and the Chargers. Ooh, I know what your upset is. <laughs> my lock is the Tennessee Titans over the New York Jets. And my upset is the New England Patriots over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That this is a huge upset. This is a huge game. It's in Foxborough. Tom Brady is coming back to his old stomping grounds. I don't know. I, I can just see this spark in Bill Pelichick's eyes where he's like, you know what? You are not winning on my turf. Mac Jones is going to come out and light it up that game. And I am going, that is my big, big upset of the week. So I'll be honest, I don't know if this week you randomly read them faster than you did the other weeks, but I love Oh, sorry. But I do from I got to take I a picture of catch, it. I actually do feel like we have a decent amount different. The ones that you so you picked my I didn't pick Miami. I picked um Miami. I know that. And then the other teams you picked Tampa, obviously. I think you picked Carolina somewhere. I don't know who they're playing. Yeah, you picked, you picked Dallas. Dallas. You picked Dallas. Yep, yep. Yeah. 
So I think maybe four and off. Tennessee over the Jets. That was almost my lock. Like I feel like yeah. there are some solid lock picks this week. So. Yeah. Yeah. We probably had like four, four different, four or five different. Um, yeah. yeah. Maybe I think I did read them fast. <laughs> Sorry. Everyone listening is probably like, ah! He's rapid fire. I couldn't we always that. post them. Don't worry. We always yes. post them yes. now. So don't yeah. worry. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's get into our big stories of the week in the world of housewives. We're going to come back to football for our game, but a little bit of a quiet week. Yeah. It's like not much going on. World. So we're kind of just going to do housewife quick hot topics, things that we saw that came up that we want to bring attention to. Uh, we talked about this, I think, on last week's show. Yeah, about the Real Housewives of Atlanta potential cast shakeup. We did tell you that we were going to keep you updated on that because obviously there were some big rumors swirling around and they came from Radar Online and we didn't know if they could be trusted. True. But it is official. It's um, true. On Monday, Cynthia Bailey confirmed that she will be leaving Atlanta after 11 seasons. That yeah. Is Huge, it's a big loss for them. Deal. Big deal. Yeah. Big deal. Yeah. A source close to production confirmed that her departure was her decision. She was not fired. Uh, and obviously, if you are a fan of Atlanta, fan of Cynthia, sad to see her go. Fans will still get to see her on Bravo's upcoming all-star crossover yep. series, The Real Housewives ultimate girls trip so you will get she's her. on the first one to confirm so she's i know they're filming the next one now or they just finished yes, filming yes. the second that's one a, that's yeah. another one of our little tidbits oh sorry um she is on the first the first one i know we mentioned the second one a couple episodes ago i so i didn't um yeah not yet so like more, yeah. a couple months back i think cynthia was with was on Wendy Williams and Wendy Williams was actually said herself i think you should leave the show like i think yeah. you're going with the show and it's no offense because we love you and you're great and this and that but i don't think there's anything more that you can give and she jokingly was like we don't want to see you get divorced like we don't yeah. want to go through tur turmoil like your story is good like you've given everything like maybe it's just time to go so i don't know if that really resonated with her but it it apparently was her decision to depart i mean family. no offense i really wouldn't take advice from wendy williams i agree <laughs> <laughs> I agree, but I mean, you know, it puts the idea in the your idea. And, I understand. And what she's saying is not wrong. No. So, um, we'll see. Besides, besides the uh, crossover series, we'll see what's in the future for. Well, Cynthia listen. Bailey. Maybe her being on the All Star Show also gave her that extra, like, maybe she wasn't asked to be on All Stars. That's not the end all be all, but maybe yeah. that that was her riding off into the sunset. And like, listen, eleven seasons yeah. is really long. Like, I yeah. think at some point it's just kind of like, okay, enjoy a little bit of quiet time. Like, on an OG cast or yeah. an OG yeah. franchise too. Atlanta is is literally one of is like the bread and butter, like one of right. the OG like franchises. So to be on that for eleven seasons, like. You are the Vicky Gumbelsons of the world. Like right. you are like all of the, the Ramona. Like you are these people, like a hundred percent. Yep. Um, this past week, Andy Cohen, he appeared on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon and revealed, and I this has got to be a stat because I think this is the first time ever, <laughs> but I could be wrong. Revealed that the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills season eleven reunion will be four. I know. Parts long i okay, can't believe four. it there's not enough i'm sorry there is there obviously is a lot of drama with like erica jane and everything yeah. but like there have been so many other franchises where there's been so much freaking drama and it could have been i would have 
hated it if it was four episodes, but yeah. Well, Andy explained that they did not want to leave any content on the floor and that this is probably the best season of Beverly Hills that they've had in That's, a very no, long time. I don't believe that. No. Um, Erica Girardi took to Twitter when she heard the news that it was going to be four parts long. Her reaction saying, now what would make it four she parts? She said, she was like, it was because me. of me. Yeah. Me. Yeah. It's me. It, it's not, she's not wrong. She's not. That's, what, that's all they're probably going to talk about. That's all they're going to talk about. Yeah. Andy said that they really, I, I think it came out recently too, that they didn't really expect Erica to like unload what she did. I right. think Andy said somewhere was like, ask me if we talked about this. Or not, and the answer is yes, like ten times out of ten. Yeah. Because like we we went over everything, so it's going to be really interesting. All right. Uh, okay, and last one, the second season, as we were just talking about, the second season, the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip has started to film. And my favorite little factoid about this so far, because I did not know this, we didn't know what the format was going to be. Right. It is being filmed at Dorinda's house in the Berkshires. <laughs> so, the Berkshires was like the you know, seventh castmate of Roni. Like it was like right. a castmate in itself. And so when Dorinda left the show and we didn't get her house in the Berkshires anymore, we were all pretty devastated about that. Um, so to hear that the women are filming there is really exciting. I love it. Photos have appeared of Vicky, Tamara, Jill, Dorinda, Taylor, and Brandy filming. There are also still those rumors of Eva and Phaedra joining the cast as well. Uh, Vicky and Tamara, like early little rumblings and rumors have apparently hit it off with Brandy and they've become very close and hinted that they may even have, have found their newest Trace Amigas. So <laughs> the three of them are getting along like we'll gangbusters. Um, but we're a little more interested in the drama. I know with the first season, we heard that Ramona was already getting off on a bad start right. with the women. So I'm kind of like, give us the juicy stuff. Like, we don't need the kumbaya stuff. Tell well, us what's really going down. Yeah, well, apparently... Um one of the the dramas is that Vicky is like, I guess she just, yes. she doesn't want to get the vaccine, um, which honestly at this point in time, you literally just do whatever. The, I don't know. No, like, <laughs> but she, it's, it's not like, it's not your job to tell people what to do. That's what I'm trying to make. Like, whatever. Everyone's going to have you their own very grown, grown adults. Like, like don't. Yeah. You can all make your own decisions. That's great. But you also don't have to tell people what they want to. So apparently, but she's, you know, crazy because she's um, saying like things like, oh, like they're going to micro trip you and you're going to die. You're going to die. Yeah. So it's basically like, it's like, it's not even just like the listen, like, I don't want to do it because I don't want you to tell me what to do. It's like, it's more like, you're going to die. You're going to get micro. They're going to watch you. So she's like a, like a very little crazy. Um, crazy. So, but she, and we all know that though. Like she definitely is crazy. So that's interesting. I'm, I'm interested in that because yeah. I assumed that they all probably had to be vaccinated yeah. or, um, or I, so. I guess maybe they're going through tests every day. I know a lot of, you know, whether it's companies or productions or things like Probably that are definitely like all the TV shows and the networks have taken extreme precautions. Right. So I can only assume that it's like, if you're not vaccinated, you're getting tested every single day. So. Cause they know, they know if she ends up testing positive too, that all, completely production. Like, we, yeah. So that's why I'm curious too, as to why it's at Dorinda's because they're, 
the first ep- the first season is is like two weeks long, I think. So are they really spending two weeks at the Berkshires? I don't know. Like at first we heard that season one, they were going away on an, to an island. We right. saw that. We saw the photo, photo and video evidence of that on social media. Um, and then we were told that this format was going to be completely different for yeah. season two. They were going to be like ho- taking turns hosting a show. And it wasn't going to be them going away to an island together. So I don't really know. I still don't know what the format is other than at least some of it is going to be filmed in the Berkshires. Well, we still need a freaking login to Peacock. So if anyone, please, if someone has one, like just give us access. Like it's just so, don't don't be uncool. Like it's so annoying at this point. Like, I want to watch it, but like you're making me jump through all these hoops, making me spend money on something that I've been watching for 10 years. I've dedicated my life to this. More than 10 years. I'm going to be 30 years oh, old. More than 10 years. More than I've been, years. Yeah, I've been watching what? New Jersey or, or even Orange County. Like, I was in high school when I was watching my first season of Rose. Yeah. So more than 10 years. So like, come on, Bravo. Like yeah. you literally give us more than that. Like we deserve more. Don't take we my do. money. Don't take my money. You've we taken do. years off my life. Don't take the money. Let's do this game, though, because I like this game and I like these questions. This game is a lot of fun. So this is one of our OG games. We have so much fun playing with it. Honestly, if you're watching, play along. And it's it's been a hot minute, actually, when I was, uh, you know, putting this together and everything like that. Yeah. I, I typed in to see, like, when the last time we did it. I think it was, like, April. It's been a real, real hot minute since we played. So this is one of our OG games called Sip Yo Drank and Fill In Yo Blank. Um, so Katie and I will walk through 10 different, um, basically like, they're not quite, they're statements. And we're going to give our statement, obviously, when, you know, if you are watching along, you want to play along. If you have a beverage, whatever yeah. you want, as you make your statement, you take a drink, really fun game. Um, and yeah, if you're watching again on Twitter, if you want to comment along, you got to go over to YouTube. Um, but if you're just watching and you're hanging out tonight, it's listen, it's eight o'clock, crack open a beer, pour a glass of wine. We are here for it. It's been a, it's been a rough two days so far in this week. It's <laughs> Tuesday tonight, people. Let's do it. So let's play along. So again, um, we are, we have 10 here and this is an NFL related, um, game. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go ahead and get it started. So the NFL division that has looked the most solid through three weeks is... I think there are a couple options here. So if you didn't agree with me, like I could see you going with somebody else. But I went with the AFC West. Okay. So I went with... Kansas City is in fourth place in that division right now with a one and two record. And we all know Kansas, there's nothing to worry about. Kansas City, that right. record doesn't reflect the Kansas City Chiefs. But you've got Las Vegas and Denver, two like random teams that you wouldn't expect at three and zero, and then you've got the Chargers at two and one. The Chargers beat the Kansas City Chiefs. These are four really yeah. strong, legit teams right now. I, I had to give it to them. Yeah, and I do have to. I remember earlier in the show, I, I have to correct myself. I meant to say the NFC West earlier, but I said AFC West um, earlier in the show on something. But the I think NFC it's because West is like a close second, by the way. No, I know. 
but I said it earlier in the show because I was making a statement yeah, to just a, a division that's always really good. Yeah. Um, and that's what I was thinking of, but my mind is so set on the AFC West. Yeah. That's why I said yeah. them. And that was my pick here. And I do have in parentheses that uh, the NFC West is such an obvious pick for anyone right. entering the season. Yeah. You know they're all going to do well. You love seeing that competition. But I love the competition I'm seeing from the AFC West right now. And that's why I went with them because I'm just so thrilled to see another division come and rank up, have two 3-0 and teams, a 2-1 and team. And then obviously, you know, the Chiefs, that's your question mark when you know in the next four weeks they're bouncing back and coming up. Also, the two strongest teams, in my opinion, in this in this division are the Chargers and Kansas City. Are the last two. One of them are the yeah. two teams. So I know. I know. pretty amazing what we've seen so far from this division. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm happy that we agreed on that for sure. Yeah. All right. Number two, the NFL, excuse me, the NFL division that has looked the worst through three weeks is... I'm kind of giggling in my mind because shockingly, I, it's not the NFC East. I really don't think it is. Oh, I'm, I'm going with the AFC South. Oh, I mean, okay. just, you did not okay. agree with it. Just statistically, they have mm -hmm. the least amount of wins of any division. Right. Now, okay. They only have three wins. They've got Tennessee at two and one. They've got Houston at one and two, which Houston is just, they're not a good team. They're not. Yeah. Um, and then you've got two teams with 0-3 records with the Colts and Jacksonville. This is a really weak mm -hmm. division right now. And I think it's going to continue to trend that way. Tennessee is obviously the strongest team there. Houston is not good. Jacksonville is not good. Indy should be better, but realistically, they're 0 they're not right now. So this is a very, through three weeks, this is the worst division in my opinion. So I am agreeing with you, but I, I had to put I had to put the NFC East in there. I just I can't I can't overlook it because even 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 with last night's game, like you know, yeah. Dallas really rolled over the Eagles. You know, it was not a pretty sight offensive right. defensively for that team. Right now, um, one strong team. But even with Dallas, I can see them having major hiccups over the next couple of weeks see, and not I'm performing well. Very, very, very impressed what I've seen Ooh, from Dallas so far. I don't know. So I'm going to sip my drink there because I do agree with you on the AFC South, but i got to add in the NFC East to that pick as well. Listen, this is just for three weeks, so it wouldn't surprise me at the end of the season if we're saying the NFC East. But right now, right. like I, I, I see both. Yeah. I see both. Alrighty, number three, I would kill to have blank on my fantasy team or teams if you're a psycho like yes. me and have three. I'm in one league. Um, this is based off of my team. I could use a little bit more help as far as wide receivers go. This is a man who's leading the league in uh, receiving touchdowns and receiving yards right now. He clearly has something going on with his new quarterback. I am going with Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup. And I have him. I draft him every year because I love Cooper Cup. I love him. I draft him every year. He always comes to me in a great spot. And I, again, he could be someone that people potentially sleep on. And I know that sounds crazy, yeah. but he falls in my lap every single year. Well, yeah, and that's I the thing about Cooper Cup too is like that's not a guy you're taking the first, second, third round like. So to get who whoever you are in your league, whoever has Cooper Cup, you know, you probably got him at whatever point. Right. And the value that you are getting from him, from where you took him, 
is substantial. Do. So hats off to Cooper Cup and what he's doing so far. Hell yeah. And thank you for everything that you've done for me so far. In the past like four years, everything that you've yeah. done for me. I love it. Um, I just honestly, I, I try to get him every single year, but it's obviously impossible. I really wish I had Derrick Henry on my team. Like, yeah. just, oh my God, he's so good. And I think I, uh, you know, first week, um, my, my running backs are are not doing like as great as I, I thought I'd be. And I have some of the top guys out there and right. it's, it's really frustrating. Um, so far three weeks in, um, he has definitely performed, um, and he always does. And I just, I would always one day in my life, I have to have him on my team. And I just, yeah, so I, Derek Henry is definitely like a top five fantasy pick. So like, you know, whether you're getting him or getting him or not, or have the chance to get him kind of already I know. based on where you're trying. Like I drafted ninth. Yeah. Like, I'm not getting Derrick Henry. So and hard. So it really just sometimes it just falls on the roll of the dice and where you are drafting in mm -hmm. your in your league. Yeah. But yeah, everybody would kill to have him for sure. All right. Number four, I think blank will lead the league. And in, in, excuse me, I think this quarterback will lead the league in interceptions this season. So I'm going with the guy who is currently leading the league in interceptions right now. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going with New York Jets rookie Zach Wilson. And the reason I'm going with him is, you know, even if you're leading the league in interceptions and you're throwing pick after pick after pick, I think we can both agree that like Zach Wilson is going to be starting every single game for the Jets this year. Whereas another quarterback, if they're going to be throwing pick after pick after pick, they might find themselves on the bench. Like Zach Wilson, number two overall draft pick. Like he is the guy. Like you've got yeah. to just let him get over the those rookie like hurdles and everything like that. So I think the fact that he's going to be playing all 17 games and he's already, you know, he's got seven right now. Him, him and Trevor Lawrence are tied for the most. I was going to say, I was going to say, I think that he's tied with Trevor he Lawrence. He's tied with Trevor yeah. Lawrence. Um, but I think, I think this is just going to be Zach Wilson, unfortunately. And it happens to many rookies. So it is what it is. But that's my pick. So I'm going to play the game. I'm going to sit my drink. Okay. Fill in the break. I'm agreeing with you with Zach Wilson because I was going to throw it to the rookies regardless. I was going to – any rookie out there right now. Yeah. I'm just not – whether you're starting or they're throwing you in randomly, um, it's not – I think this rookie class needs, needs a lot of time, which is fine. Which is um, yes. totally fine. I want to definitely, you know, put that out there. It's totally fine. Um, the reason why – I picked Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence is that I think Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to make smarter decisions under pressure. Um, and I think Zach Wilson, unfortunately just doesn't have the bodies around him and, or the skill set that Trevor Lawrence has. So I think it's just going to fall to him to continue to throw more. And even if it ended next week where he threw more, or maybe one more, you're still, it's just still going to be more than Trevor Lawrence, I think. So it's, it's I think it's Zach Wilson. Yep. All righty. I think this quarterback will lead the league in touchdowns this season. We talked about one goat earlier in the show. I'm going to go with another goat on this mm -hmm. one. I'm going with Tom Brady. The yeah. man is just, I, he doesn't slow down. He's he got like 10, 10 so seven. far. He's got a lot. Yeah. He's got 10 right now. Yeah. He's leading the league with 10 right now. Um, but he finished third in passing touchdowns last year. So he he was up there. He threw, I believe, 40 last year. Uh, leads the league right now with 10. But the fact that this is like his second year in this offense, second year with these teammates mm. that he played with last year, he has so many freaking weapons. It's ridiculous. 
um, it, it's going to be Tom Brady. I really, I really think so. Yeah, I do. I like that. I, I think it's definitely like one of the obvious picks and you know me, I like to, you know, go outside the lines a little bit and see, you know, what I can do. This pick might shock some people because he is not my favorite person in the world. Oh. He is not my cup of tea. Okay. Um, I don't really like him, but from what I've seen from oh, three games, Matthew Stafford, no, but yeah. we'll talk oh, about him later. Cause I know you love him. Um, but I'm going to go with Kyler Murray. Um, I think he's okay. going to, um, yeah, I don't like, I don't like, him, I know. So. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just as a person, not like, I'm not really a fan. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, it just, you, you really can't deny what you've seen from three games from him. Um, I think Arizona's done a good job to really build around him and to give yeah. him those options. He's going to take the ball himself when he wants to. Um, and I just think that, you know, he's definitely going to do his thing and he really could be, football. he could be competing with Tom Brady for sure near the end of the season um, with this. Yep. yep. Absolutely. All right. Number six, I think head coach blank is my early hot seat candidate for getting fired this season. This was an easy one because after this past weekend, oh, yeah. like the media world was already lighting on fire the seat is hot right now. It is scorching for Chicago Bears head coach Matt Nagy. People are calling for that to be done. Like, you are out. It is over. Yep. Um, my celebrity crush is Jake Johnson from New Girl. He's from <laughs> Chicago. He's a huge Bears fan on Instagram during, like, on Sunday. He just posted, like, something to his page that was literally just hashtag fire nagging. Oh no. Over it. They are yeah. done. This is this is gonna happen. It's not gonna be good. Yeah. That's why I picked. Yep. 100 yep. percent agree. And it's it's based off this. It's hot already. Yep. It is. This, is the, this might be like the earliest I've seen the hot seat get yeah. this hot for somebody. Mm -hmm. It's early. So it's not it's not gonna be good. All righty. Number seven. I think the blank the AFC or the NFC conference has looked better so far. I don't have like a ton of notes written on this one, but the way I went about it was I kind of looked like who were the strongest teams, mm -hmm. but then I also looked at like, who were their weakest teams? Are those weak teams right. who got like the better weaker teams? I'm actually going with the NFC on this one. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you've got a team like we, uh, the giants and somebody else, Detroit is Owen three in the NFC. I think the AFC has like three Owen three teams. And one of the weaker teams at one and two in the NFC is the Seattle Seahawks. And right. I, I mean, if that doesn't tell you something, granted, AFC has the one and two Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> but I just felt when I looked top to bottom, I was more impressed with the teams that I saw in the NFC. But I honestly, so like I picked the AFC and I literally did the same mindset as you, but just the opposite. It's close. It's close. Because it really, but I think for the first time in a while, it is close. Like we always are, are yes. really leaning in towards one. And I think right now we really are even. Um, and it's yeah. even by everything that you just said, looking at your strongest teams right now, but then looking at your weaker teams, in my opinion, last year, the AFC was pretty weak in some spots, you know, and now yeah. you have teams that are going three and oh, and now they're your stronger teams to some teams in the NFC that we've known year after year are doing really, really great. And yeah. 
like the Seahawks, for example, and they're one and two. So it, it's pretty even right now. It was yeah. actually a really hard question to go over. But, it was. Um, I think yeah. we'll see more shape and we'll see more change as we have a couple more games under our belts. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, but I think it's it's pretty damn good. It doesn't surprise me that we went opposite because it is that close. Already number eight, the most impressive quarterback through week three. Uh, through three weeks so far has been. I'm going to correct Caitlin because I don't love this player. I've always respected his game. Mm-hmm. And I've never, I've never understood why Caitlin didn't respect his game. I'm going with Rams quarterback, Matthew Stafford. So we agreed a lot tonight. I have to admit. <laughs> um, he has nine touchdowns and only one interception. So those far are my notes. Game. <laughs> He's fifth in passing yards. I think one of the most impressive stats that he has right now, 70% completion. Yeah. That's, that is a really, yeah. really, really good completion percentage. It's really high. Um, and this is with a brand new team and a brand new offense, but like he's clearly put in the work to be successful right. in his new home and he's doing it. And honestly, the Rams are one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Like look out. I'm afraid of them. I think, yeah. like, we all saw Cam Akers went out and people were, like, big on them. And then that happened and people were like, eh, no. They're they're rocking and rolling and they're having fun in L.A. right now. They are enjoying themselves. Sean McVay was fired oh, up. Oh, he was. Oh, my God. I need that energy every day in my life coming from <laughs> Hype me. man. What a hype man. I know. Sean McVay, I need you to hype me up every yeah. single day. Um, but yeah, so I'm going with Matthew Stafford as well. Um, I think all of the stats, you know, are they're written on my sheet as well. You can spew off numbers as you want. The most impressive thing for me is a quarterback transitioning to a brand new yeah. team and not a young quarterback, someone who's been in the league for a Just while. Flawless. Doing he it is flawlessly. Doing it flawlessly. And the, the thing too, and one of the things I love about Eli and Peyton's, um, you know, broadcast every Monday is that they do dive into these details and they have, you know, they spoke about it with Stafford actually last night. Right. Um, but yeah. They did bring it up um, on last week's broadcast um, because of um, whatchamacallit, uh, Jared Goff with the Detroit Lions. Oh. Of, and obviously, um, Peyton has that experience of going to a new team. You're with someone for so long, plays in your head, they click, mm-hmm. you memorize them. And then even simple words, like Eli was mentioning it, he doesn't have that experience, but he's saying like, this word means something different in another team. This means that. So for you to constantly do that, and Jared Goff is still very much looking at his armband, and that's fine. He should get used to things like that. Matthew Stafford, that is why I'm giving the credit to him here too. Like you said, he has done it absolutely flawlessly. He has come in, and it just shows that he's really putting in the work, and he really truly cares about this new spot. And I think, yeah, I will admit, I've given him a lot of shit in the past for sure. Um, He has not been on my by top list, but it goes to show you new team, new coaching, you know, you put the right people behind you, you can actually shine. So I think he actually is doing what maybe and I want. And to I'm see. happy for Matthew Stafford because yeah. he's not a guy. He's very similar to Eli where he never threw his team under the bus, even though he's always been on a shitty Detroit lions team, right. he, he's never one to point fingers or blame, 
Um, so I'm kind of happy that he's finally, cause he's a very talented quarterback mm-hmm. and he's finally getting the opportunity to play for a winning organization. Right. And I feel like this is his time to shine and he's seizing the moment he's seizing the opportunity. And so I think it's really fun to actually watch. Yeah. Alrighty. Number nine. I don't know why people don't give more credit to blank. Oh my God. I say this. I don't know if I'm right to be honest. Time and time again, because I just don't understand it. People do not give enough credit to Seattle Seahawks wide receiver. They do not. They They just straight up do not. He is fourth in receiving yards right now, three touchdowns. He did get hurt in this uh, this past week's game, but still is fourth in receiving yards with missing some time in that game. He's him and Russell Wilson are on another level together. They are. Okay. And, and maybe, I don't know, maybe if he played for a different team and a different quarterback, maybe things would be different. But listen, he plays in Seattle and he plays with Russell Wilson and he puts up mega, mega numbers every single year. And then like fantasy comes around and people don't want to touch don't, him. I yeah. don't really understand it. So Tyler Lockett, respect to your name. I believe in you. More people need to believe in you because you've proven yourself time and time again. So mine might be like the people probably do. I think they do put credit to his name, but maybe it's not as overly enough as I think people should. Um, and and because he's someone that I look at. So I could be wrong here for sure, but maybe it's just I'm not reading into what people are saying enough. But I'm going to go with Minnesota's Adam Thielen. I really just don't like, um, you know, and he has put up the numbers. So, so far he's four touchdowns and 181 yards on the season. Um, last year, so last year he did have 10 touchdowns. So good for him. Like, that's great. Um, it's a lot. So he puts up the numbers, though. The numbers are there. I think it's I think it's the name. I think it's the Vikings. I honestly think it's the Vikings. You're also, he also used to play with Steph Diggs. So Diggs was kind right. of like the number one guy. And he was the number two guy, even though really on a bunch of teams, he is the number one guy. He 100% is the one number one guy. And if you even look at Justin Jefferson, who he's next to now, Jefferson's not really the number one guy, but he's the young guy. So the attention is going there and the numbers are going there. So that's where my mindset was at for a while. And I think the Mm -hmm. credit is given to him, but I think it's on another level because of, like you just said, there's always someone next to him that people are over, you know, overlooking him maybe or just wanting to give the attention there um, and everything like that. And the two, I, really do think the Vikings have been such a questionable team over the past couple of years. So that's another factor of being overlooked and just, you know, maybe the excitement isn't, isn't truly there, but I think her cousins and him have found a really good connection. He's there for him and everything like that. I would love to have a guy like Adam Thielen on my team. So that's why I went with that one for sure. I agree with you. I think that was a really good pick and I, I do believe he's underrated as well. So. And our final one, I don't think blank is as good as their stats may appear. I am not going to jump on any kind of bandwagon whatsoever with this player. And honestly, with this team, um, I went with Sam Darnold. I just, I know a lot of people were like, this is going to be his opportunity to actually play for a team that has weapons that could win football games. And did I expect him to go there and play better than he did for the New York Jets? 
Yes, I did. He's got really good stats right now. That's why I'm using him as my answer, Mm -hmm. because on paper, it looks really good. But do I really think that this is like a long-term franchise quarterback? Potentially not, no. I'm really not a big believer in Sam Darnold. Um, I think he's suspect. And Mm -hmm. it was like my easy, didn't even have to do any research (laughs) for this answer. Just that was immediately popped into my head. Yeah, I think it's a good pick for sure. Um, so mine is pretty much based off um, seasons past numbers um, because right now I think this season so far proves my hypotheses around this player. Okay. I, I'm never going to fully go in all in on Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, I really sincerely yeah. cannot. Um, and I, I beg all of you not to as well. He never truly made himself that wide receiver one when he had to. He put up numbers when he had to, but we're going into three weeks right now. And his he's got some zeros across the board. Like he sincerely does not have much going on for there him. There was just, also like when he first entered the league, there was a little bit of like almost like Odell Beckham Jr. hype around him. Right. And he got people really excited really quickly. Right. And then he's kind of fizzled out from there. And you're going to, you know, it was the hype around you're going to replace Antonio Brown. Like you're the guy, but he never became the guy. He never put up, he put up numbers obviously when they needed him to as the wide receiver too. But when he became the guy, it almost like blocked everything. Like he was better at a wide receiver too. Right. Like so, and to me, that's just not, that's not going to cut it for sure. So I've never after, you know, really seeing that and him not molding into it. And what I've seen so far within three weeks, there's nothing there. And you can look back on previous seasons all you want and really like those numbers. He's not going to do it moving forward. And, And this answer that you just gave, it works too, because at the end of the season, he's still, probably probably going to have 800 900 maybe a thousand receiving yards but it's just kind of like he didn't I don't think he reached his ceiling as a player I just don't so I I absolutely on that one as well all right well that was an awesome game um very very fun enjoyed that one a lot but it's the point in the night where we get it off our chest positive negative housewives football life wine tipsy Tuesday what do you have for us Caitlin you go first Well, obviously, we've been talking about records all night long with the NFL. I have to, you know, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Eli and Peyton's record of 3-0 and for their Monday night football broadcast because they absolutely delivered week after week. Um, I've been loving it so, so much. I know if I get it off my chest two weeks ago was that I loved the first episode, loved last week, loved last night. Oh my God, these two keep me, they're, they crack me up. They've been great guests on, um, you know, we've talked about it. You know, they bring on guests that are playing right now. So Matthew Stafford was on right. last night. Had to admit, I tweeted out, he's glowing in LA. He's glowing, he's glowing. He is. Nick Saban was on last night. I had to wait until the fourth quarter, which killed me because I wanted to go to bed so badly. But Eli and Peyton kept me entertained for sure. Um, So Nick Saban was on, um, you know, loved watching that. He was like calling out things and he was like, oh, like, you know, the team should do that five seconds later. One of Dallas or Philly was doing that. And it was just like, that's why Nick Saban is literally the smartest football coach. They had had LeBron on too, who called out out a play and he was right. And that was a fun guest as well. They're bringing on great people. It's very entertaining. Yes, but honestly, the best part of the show, um, and I actually did have to catch it like right away. I, I walked out of the room to go to bed, to be perfectly honest, and I had to catch it live on Twitter because when it happened, 
best part of the broadcast, Elijah <laughs> flipping off live television, giving the double bird to everyone out there. Um, in full context, though, Chris Long from uh, former Philadelphia Eagle was on the broadcast. Um, and he had to say, um, so what Eli was basically saying was like, listen, when it's a division rival game, when I went to Dallas, like people would chirp, they would do their things. He would pick up a lot of the guys like wanted to take pictures with me. They wanted to do whatever. He was like, that's how Dallas was. He didn't bring up Washington, which was funny because I feel like we all don't ever talk about Who that. He, but he did up bring up the infamous story where this is, it's very much out there because it, it yeah. happened probably like six, seven years ago. The Giants played in Philly, and as Eli was walking around the field, and he claims it was a nine-year-old Eagles fan, just leans over the edge and was I, like, I think he said it was a girl. That was a girl. <laughs> I, I feel like he said that. Regardless, a young Eagles fan just leaning over the thing saying F U to Eli <laughs> And he says that he will never forget that, that moment that a young child in Philly. So he was like, this is how you get treated in every NFL stadium when you go to Philly. Yeah. This is how you get treated. So he was reenacting it. And the hilarious thing was that he's talking to himself and he's like, yeah, like, don't worry. Like, you guys can blur this out or whatever. ESPN did not blur it out. It happened on live And they did not go back. But the best was Eli going back afterwards and quote-unquote apologizing. He did not he did not apologize. He was like, oh, he's like, I found out that they didn't get blurred out and this is frowned upon. He goes, well, that actually happened to me. He was like, so I was just reenacting it. So Eli gave a half-ass apology oh, for God. flipping off all of Monday him. Night Football. Beautiful week. Katie and I have had a ton of fun with it today on social media and everything like that. But Eli, you keep doing you. I'm loving this broadcast. It's giving me so much life. Unfortunately, it's off for the next how many weeks? Yeah, they're coming back on week seven. So they're taking uh, a little time off. I'm very heartbroken about I'm it. I'm very heartbroken. It's in the bright spot. I haven't oh, been so killing good. it in fantasy. Obviously, the Giants are 0-3. Yes. This has been the most fun that I've had with football this season is watching those two. Yeah, it's been great. It's honestly like they are giving all the regular broadcasts a run for their freaking money. And obviously you need your traditional broadcasts. Absolutely. But this, but is, this just is the been, best that I like. This is uh, the most entertaining that I've ever it's, seen. It's honestly great. And Eli and Peyton do not skip a beak. Uh, excuse me, skip a beat. Archie was on last night, too, so, which was great. Like, it's just a whole... It's a Manning extravaganza, and I'm here for it. It's It's been incredible. I love it. I love it. I love it. I told Caitlin, I was like, if you're doing that, forget it off your chest. You also have to give the negative and bitch about the I fact know. that we won't get it again until week seven. I'm very upset about that. Is. Yeah, um, that is. Yeah, that is the negative. Mine, I can vent. I can bitch and moan. Get it off your chest. Um, mine is about fantasy football um, because I have this player on my team because I really – I kind of went for him early and I thought he was going to be like the best player on my team and everybody was going to be so jealous that I had him. The Atlanta Falcons are not using rookie tight end Kyle Pitts. It's so disturbing nope. and so frustrating, so pathetic. Um, he was drafted fourth overall. That's the I think that's the highest the tight end has ever been drafted. Going into the NFL draft, all the analysts said, if you're going to pick the most athletic person in this you entire draft, him. it is Kyle yeah. Pitts. 
Uh, the expectations were huge and they have not used him. I am furious. I have him on my mm. fantasy team. It is not panning out for me. There's probably 10 tight ends that I could have picked after him that oh, are yeah. putting up more points. Very frustrating. But he did play college football at the University of Florida. And he's, his teammate was Kadarius Tony, our first round pick. I know people have, especially Kadarius, has been upset that he has not been used at all right. in the Giants offense. To me, it's like, Kadarius, you can't say anything if, you're, if your teammate, if your former not. teammate, yeah. your boy, Kyle Pitts, is not even being touched. Yeah. And he was the fourth overall pick. So it could be worse. Either way, neither one of these guys are being used. I don't really understand no. why. It makes no sense to me. And I hope for my fantasy sake that it changes. I hope for Giants' sake, especially with some of these wide receiver injuries that we're dealing with, let's see the I kid. Agree. Let him go. Let him go. So go off. Quick, get it off my chest. Um, I, I'm definitely not dropping Kyle Pitts by any means. No, name. I have him too. I agree. But it was something, yeah. Very, very frustrating so far so Atlanta I don't really understand what you're doing but get it together if I have not said it a billion times before the Falcons yeah. are the sketchiest team ever and they've been on my shit list for I think three well we've been doing this for over three years now so since we started the show three years ago yeah, yeah. so yeah so here you go here's another point in case as to why they bother me and by the way this is going off of watching them play the giants this past weekend like if you are a team and you're playing the atlanta falcons this season shut down calvin ridley he's the only no. one throwing it to so like it's pretty easy and that bothers me too because i love calvin ridley you know he's a bama boy and they're, they're gonna ruin his career they're gonna ruin him defenses can figure it out like he that was the only person that saw the ball this past weekend yeah. shut him out and you have a chance to beat him like you mm. know what i mean and then hopefully shut him out and kyle pitts gets some touches so we'll see how it goes. But Atlanta, you are yeah. frustrating as hell. So thanks for that. Yeah, they are. They are. All righty. Well, as we close tonight's show, thank you all, obviously, for joining us live. You're listening yes. to the podcast. Thank you guys for listening as well. We do want to remind you, if you're watching live, do not miss The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is on tomorrow. It's on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Real Housewives of Potomac is on Sundays at 8 p.m. And then Salt Lake City is now on Sundays at 9 p.m. So obviously those Sunday slots, you want to hit the hit the DVR because we're watching football yep. um for their primetime games this week on thursday night we have jacksonville jaguars against the cincinnati Bengals. sunday night football is the tampa bay buccaneers versus the new england patriots and monday night we have the las vegas raiders against the los angeles chargers great great primetime slate again for us yeah. uh yeah. people so Got to be excited for sure. And then college football this weekend, you have number two, Georgia versus number eight, Arkansas at 12 p.m. This is on Saturday, by the way. Number seven, Cincinnati versus number nine, Notre Dame at 2.30 p.m. We have number one, Alabama 
Roll Tide versus longtime rival number 12, Ole Miss, at 3.30 p.m. And uh, this is all Eastern time, too, people, by the way. Um, and then number 19, Oklahoma State versus number 21, Baylor, at 7 p.m. So that's your night game on Saturday on the East Coast. But you have a great slate of college games. We have a great lineup for primetime games for the NFL. And as always, you do have a great lineup from a Housewives standpoint as well so thank you guys always as for joining us live um again we are a podcast as well so you can listen to us on demand on all of your favorite podcast outlets apple Podcasts, the spootify anything i don't know google podcast thing people listen to stitcher i don't know we're everywhere so you can google us podcast we're there um and also to twitter facebook youtube Instagram. We're there at the Real Football Fans in New Jersey. So thank you guys as always for joining us and we will catch you next time. Thank you. Good night. Good night.